everyone let's get it fired up okay at least we know we're warmed up TikTok, if you guys can tap the screen share the stream tell everyone we're actually gonna start this party we're actually gonna get it rolling okay as i said bitcoin you guys already know where this thing's at anyways Twenty thousand five hundred for bitcoin 1600 for eth xrp's of 45 cents nothing has moved look at the sticks i showed the sticks you guys already got to see a look at the charts it's the same thing i was saying yesterday uh, uh new moon we got our bullish energy let me pull it back up once again let me make this clear for everyone pull up the sticks there's our charts okay four hour chart as you can see the 25th of october was the new moon partial solar eclipse we warned it could bring a fake out bull trap rally as you see here we get fat green uh sticks coming in here on the four hour chart we peak out at twenty one thousand. we cannot break twenty one thousand. hanging out at twenty thousand five hundred. bitcoin has no real use case no utility we know what's going to happen to it long term and uh, in the meantime, we are shorting the hell out of Bitcoin, not financial advice. Okay, nothing has changed there. And as I said, we are expecting one more pump potentially coming in over the next couple of days before Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaks FOMC meetings, the first and the second. That's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Get ready. Okay, we could get one more, one more pump. Uh, he's going to fill up our glass one more time, Jerome Powell. Okay, and as you guys have been seeing, watch this pattern closely. We catch a pump on the day that Jerome speaks. 24, 48 hours, we come back down to reality. The high wears off and we come back down to reality and we continue back down to the downside, okay? Now let's get on straight on into this update. Without further ado, this is massive. As I was saying, Altar of Ego brought us back to a couple quotes that we got to share with you guys. Very, very important quotes here from George Washington. The harder the conflict, the greater the triumph. Incredible amount of chaos, conflict in this world. We are here to persevere. We are here with the strategies and the plan to ride this storm. Another one from George Washington. Truth will ultimately prevail where there is pains to bring it to light. So the whole notion here, darkness to light, the whole fight here that we are in between good versus evil, we are a part, we were chosen to live through this time, to live through this struggle, to bring about that light. Am I here to talk about whether or not Elon's a white hat, dark hat, good guy, bad guy, he wears the New World Order jacket to the, to the gala? I'm not here to talk about that. We're here to get rich. We're here to create generational wealth and be able to take care of our family. We can't control what Elon's doing right now. We can't control what the powers that be, the struggle, the big battle that's underway between good and evil. So much bigger than ourselves, but we continue to step up every single day as we ride out this storm. So I just wanted to set the tone with those two quotes here. Now, Kim.com, folks, it's heating up and it's heating up very quickly. Popping off, Kim.com. How do the Russians know that the UK blew up the North Stream pipelines in partnership with the United States? Because Liz Truss used her iPhone to send a message to Secretary Blinken saying it's done a minute after the pipeline blew up and before anybody else knew. iCloud admin access rocks. I cannot confirm this. This is uh, speculation. Uh, apparently Kim.com is saying that they have caught them all in regards to Liz Truss. And potentially, maybe this is why she got out of Dodge rather quickly, only serving about 45 days there in office before she headed on out. Turned it over to the World Economic Forum buddy, Rishi Sunak. However you say his name. We are in the middle of a war right now. As I, I don't have to repeat that, you guys understand that. But the depths of the battle in, in cyber war in space, low earth orbit, whatever you want to call it, between the satellites, underground, they're talking about uh, unarmed, uh, basically drones, underwater drones being used in Ukraine as well. And then we also talk about a huge operation, a huge uh, cover up 
in the cabal country that is Ukraine. I can speak on it only so far, and that's about as far as I'm going to go tonight. But you guys understand that deal, and it's getting exposed, it's getting opened up, and we are continuing to see it ramp up to levels that we don't want to touch. We don't want to go there. I don't talk about World War III. I don't talk about the nuclear war. You guys already know. You guys already seen the mainstream news have everyone run around in fear about nuclear war. As I continue to say, we, we got to prepare. We got to have our essentials and we're ready to ride out a storm. Whatever that may be, we can't control whether or not a dirty bomb's about to go off. And we know that both sides are going to blame each other. We know how the script goes. We know how the story goes. And it looks like we're entering a window of opportunity where it's prime for the bombs to be going off, for the attacks to be happening, as you guys are seeing, pipelines, bridges. Civilian critical infrastructure has now come into the crosshairs, and that's why the situation gets so dicey, as we've been covering this situation. Now, Peter Zihan on Twitter says, I know this will sound odd, but we actually have not had, uh, not gotten yet to a serious economic conflict between Russia and the West. The European confiscation of Russian state assets may well be the start of the real war. So we saw when this thing got popping off how the Russian assets were seized. That was the start. And then Russia said, okay, well, that's fine. We're only going to do deals with people that are going to pay us in rubles or pay us in gold. We're only exchanging real value. We're not using US dollar funny money. And oh, by the way, we don't care that you're kicking us off of SWIFT. We don't care that you're kicking us off of an outdated 1970s messaging protocol standard for payments. Don't care. Thank you. It was fun while it lasted. We will move on with real, real value and uh, distributed ledger technology that means that we don't need to use your technology. We don't need to use your systems anymore. Now, it's interesting to see the commodity war ramping up. We're talking about in this article about the UN deal, the UN broker deal between Russia and Ukraine for grain falling through. Just one of many. And this is going to have huge ramifications as we roll into winter. I hope you're strapped in. I hope you're prepared. And I hope that you're ready to ride this out. Wherever you are tuning in for me, uh, listening to me tonight from, you already know the crisis that's taking place in your region, in your country. The battle is worldwide, good versus evil. No one makes it through this unscathed. Let's continue on. Reformed trader. Three things to watch in the coming weeks and months. Diesel shortage, 25 days of supply. Prices likely to spike. And we've been talking about this. It's now under 25 days of supply left. Okay. Second, railroad union votes down labor deal needed to avoid nationwide strike. The trains are about to be stalled out, be shutting down because of the railroad unions. Okay. Number three, growing pile of distressed debt signals coming to the United States default wave. A growing pile of distressed debt. That's going to be real estate. That's going to be our biggest corporations, the biggest businesses. You guys are seeing the reports that just came out from the largest, the FANG stocks, how terrible it is out there for them. Now he breaks this down for, uh, further. Reform trader, diesel shortage, used to, used to power the world, not only for semis and trains, but also to heat homes. Factors impacting the shortages, U.S. banning Russian imports and refining capacity being down due to seasonal work plus high demand. So that's what we're talking about, the Russia-Ukraine uh, situation and the fact that uh, this is, could, could only be the beginnings of a real commodity war, a real economic war. The deal's beginning to fall through. And you got to be woke. Stay woke. Uh, go woke, stay broke, as we continue to say. 
as the, as the West is experiencing, European energy crisis. Now, stabilizing, then rebuilding inventories requires significant shutdown, slowdown, sorry, slowdown in freight movements and manufacturing activity, which means an economic slowdown, right? So to be able to rebuild inventories, it requires a significant slowdown in freight movements and manufacturing activity, which means an economic slowdown. The rail strike could cripple the U.S. supply chain and economy could occur as early as November 19th. Okay, so here we go. November, November of events in time, windows of time to look out for. This could be playing out as soon as November 19th. They have been planning again for a possible strike after the September deal seemed to reduce the threat. The rejection of the national tentative agreement begins a status quo period during which the union will re-engage with the NCCC until December 4th. So the negotiations are underway in regards to these unions. Distressed debt. The amount of dollar-denominated bonds and loans trading at levels indicating distress is the largest since September of 2020, reaching $271.3 billion last week after five straight weeks of growth. That is five straight weeks of growth in regards to dollar-denominated bonds and loans trading at levels not seen since September of 2020, folks. Companies that binged on low-cost borrowing, low-cost uh, low debt in recent years are facing the prospect of refinancing at exorbitant yields. The pile of troubled borrowers has been slowly building for months, hinting at an eventual surge of defaults. We are seeing the bankruptcies already underway. The liquidity crisis is wiping out the ones that cannot withstand. Insolvencies will eventually ramp up, starting with a slow trickle. What we're seeing is a lot of behind-the-scenes restructuring talks, lowercase r, to avoid the bankruptcy court processes, Teclan said. Winter is coming. This is just beginning, and this is why I say that the bottom is not in from a fundamental macroeconomic perspective. Cheers to everyone who's ready to ride out this storm and is taking action right now, because we have not reached the bottom. Serious issues underway. Just over the next month, we're about to see further breaks, further cracks within the system, within the infrastructure. Truly unbelievable how quickly this is unfolding. Now, another one for you, another doozy right here. This is not oil, a meme stock, or even a shitcoin. It's credit card debt in America. We take a look at this chart. This thing went absolutely unbelievable. Consumer loans versus the personal savings rate. The, and see that red line right there is the personal savings rate in America. Falling to lows that we haven't seen since before the pandemic, 2018. Had to look closely at that chart, a little fuzzy. But we haven't seen levels this low for the personal savings rate and consumer loans, credit cards, and other revolving plans, all commercial banks. You see that chart. You see where that thing's going. It's, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. As we've been saying, guys, the liquidity debt crisis has to be solved, has to, has to get fixed before we roll over to the new financial system. Now we got another one here we got to cover. Diane Swank shared an incredible thread right here. I highly recommend you guys read this, but for in uh, because we're limited on time here tonight, I want to do this as fast as possible. I'm not going to read this whole thread, but she's talking about the consumer holding out, the consumer having an urge to spend, to 
experience good times after we exited the, the pandemic and the events of 2020. Even though they're still kind of lingering, we want to experience the good times. We wanted to have a good summer. We wanted to be opened up. And Diane Swank really broke it down very well in this thread right here. But I want to just summarize this. She says, bottom line, the consumer is skating on thin ice and what were once tailwinds are becoming headwinds. The timing of when they slip, the, slip through the ice is debatable, but it is hard to come up with a scenario that they don't dip a toe into icy waters before inflation can be tamed. Now, I want to go to this next one. This is from Texas Runner DFW, and this is her thoughts on the thread. Brilliant thread. I, too, have been awed by the resilience of the U.S. consumer. It feels like Newton's law at play. A consumer who is consuming will continue to consume until acted upon by some outside force. Several potential outside forces are rapidly closing in. And as I'm saying in this video here tonight, the Fed has to do it to us to fight inflation. It's very simple. The Fed doesn't care about you. Jerome Powell does not care about you. The middle class and poor is collateral damage in reigning in inflation. They created the debt bubble. They created the, sorry, they created the asset bubbles. All of the assets, real estate, stocks, everything went nuts. Cryptocurrency went nuts. The party's over. They have to end it to rein back in inflation. It's very simple. They don't care that your stocks are getting whacked, that your 401k is getting wiped out and you won't be able to retire. They're building the coffin apartments right now for the senior citizens that aren't going to have retirement accounts because their 401ks are going to get decimated. That's an ugly picture. But God, please help us. That is the situation. This is so much more than just holding our cryptos, bro. This is 401ks getting wiped out. Middle class and poor getting sacrificed. The Fed does not care. They have to do it. Fiji, 10 spot. Thank you. Thanks for the update, Zach. A lot of trolls in the chats lately in your past few lives. Don't mind them. They're just insecure and jealous. They cannot stop us. They will never be able to stop us. God willing, we make it through to the other side. So important every single night, you know, and I try to make these videos quick. I know people got short attention spans, but golly, we got so much to cover. So much, so much value here to give every single night. I can't possibly make it in a 15 minute video. I wish I could. Let's continue guys. As I was saying though, with the US consumer, we're holding out. We've been fat and happy enjoying our summer. We finally opened back up. We can see our family again and have a good time again. We don't care that we're going into credit card debt. We, th we really think that we won't go through that again, that that was short-lived. It was just a, a nightmare. It's not going to be reality again. It was just a short window of opportunity, a dark moment in time that was a random act. Even though now the true origins, the true story, uh-oh, getting revealed, isn't it? And we know that it was just a glimpse. We were told 2020 was a test, one of many. And it doesn't, you know, it's exciting. I love it. We get to take advantage of the greatest transfer of wealth in the world's history. But they're literally building coffin apartments for the slave class that will be 90% of humanity that is not prepared for this crisis that we will be going through. That we are not done with. The bottom is not in.
The Fed does not care. I'm about to break this down further. Let's continue on. Oh, gosh, here we go. Talk about the pension crisis in America. I wish I had some, and I do got some good news. You guys know I always end the show with some bullish XRP news. But in the meantime, this is gruesome. Adam Taggart, there are many reasons Americans face a pension crisis. Too little money put in. It's poorly managed. Too much is paid out. And in this article, he says, this article by Every Dime Online will get your blood boiling on number three. I'm not going to share this one, but as an example, they use Illinois. The situation in that state is absolutely unbelievable. And uh, Adam Tager here continuing on says, public pensions paying as much as 418000 per year. A school bus driver is earning 242000 per year. Janitors earning 143000 per year. Excuse me. He says these are extremes, but not by that much. Illinois has 132,000 public employees and retirees who earned a new minimum wage of $100,000. Plus, those are pensions that are paying them out six figures every year. This is emblematic of the larger dilemma America finds itself in. Too much has been promised to too many, far beyond what we can afford. We've been papering over the issue with deficit spending and blowing asset bubbles, but those only delay worse in the reckoning. At some point, perhaps sooner than most, realize promises will have to be broken, either willingly telling the public, sorry, but you're going to get less, or unwillingly via default, and yes, killing the US dollar purchasing power is a type of default. The big question, when? The answer that I'm going to give you tonight is now. Over the next three, six, three to six months, specifically looking for the bottom to be coming in. Specifically looking for the crisis to hit critical mass and them having to admit that. They have to avoid hyperinflation until they're ready to reset, re roll over. They have to avoid that default until that time. But in the meantime, they are willing to raise interest rates, i.e. killing the debt asset bubbles, killing your real estate, killing your stocks, killing your 401k, that all of the pension funds were rolled into, that all of the pension funds that are getting wiped out right now are still in because the, the money managers haven't changed their program one bit. And it's all happening right now simultaneously, the perfect storm, right? Now, we see this is the worst case scenario in Illinois, but this is a nationwide problem and it's a global problem. As we continue to cover these other countries breaking first here in America, some places will have it worse than others because of the, the, the way this country was set up and the different states within and the state's rights and the ability of these states to have their own pension funds, have their own programs and laws. You're seeing some of these states break down faster and the situation is much worse. Now, another key point here, this is upper middle class folks. They did the right. This is. This is the sad part. A lot of people that did the right thing, they got a good job working for the school. You know, uh, God bless the good teachers that are out there working for the school. They got their pension fund, right? And they're getting paid a, a nice deal. It's very good. Unfortunately, where they invested the pension funds is the whole damn thing that's breaking right now. And the Fed has to do it to rein back in inflation. We will be well past 10% inflation, we already are by the real numbers, but even by the government's manipulated numbers, we will be approaching 10% inflation 
if they don't continue to raise these interest rates and continue to tighten up the money supply. The pension crisis in America is something that most people are not even aware of how bad this is. Most people in America here, as I've been saying, still fat and happy, still enjoying the barbecue. Okay, we're rolling on into winter, but our lights are still on. Our power bill isn't that much, okay? But I can tell you right now that a lot of people are worried. Conversations that I'm having within my business. Uh, talking to people, seeing how they're feeling, seeing how much money they want to spend on uh, landscape and lawn care services. In my first business, for those of you guys that don't know, my first business, landscape, lawn care, eight years in business, created it in 2015, okay? And we've been doing that deal for a while. Very successful business, good spot. But I get to have real conversations with people, whether or not, you know, what we're going to do, what our budget is, what the program is, seeing some of these situations firsthand, getting, get, getting, in a, a, you know, this is just one man's story, right? But I am seeing it right now is that the people are worried. And most of these people don't realize how bad it's going to get. So for me, the way that I'm running my business, the way that I'm investing, I understand that. I understand that the middle class and poor don't understand how much worse it's going to get for them. I understand that the upper middle class, the ones that think that they were smart, that got the degrees, got the well-paying job, and it was going great. It was working out. It's getting tightened up. Some will survive. Not all make it. Not all are going to see this greatest transfer of wealth in world history in a positive light. The pension fund is something that many people don't even understand. Now, continuing on, the biggest players in this United States economy are biting the bullet right now. And I would argue that it's based off some of the decisions that they made here. Uh, well, we know it is. We know it is. U.S. hospitals on track for the worst financial year in decades. This is being reported from Zero Hedge. I'm not going to speak on this too much, uh, but I'm just going to say this. This is the simplified uh, conclusion for you right here. Summary of that article. What happened was, is they fired. They forced all these people to leave. All these nurses had to go, right? And so the main problem that these hospitals are facing right now, sorry, excuse me. The main problem that these hospitals are facing right now is a shortage of workers. It was self-induced. They forced everyone to implement the program. And then they wonder why they have a shortage of workers, why they have to pay contract workers that are more expensive and uh, pay overtime for the workers and the staff that they have. This is being seen across the whole thing. And this is the greatest opportunity for those of you that are tapped in. Those of you who understand Dan Pena, my mentor, in regards to his QLA method, methodology, Quantum Leap Advantage is his program. It's the same. He took and uh, implemented uh, Carnegie's program that Carnegie was rolling out through the 1800s. That's how far back these programs and strategies go that I listen to, that I implement, all the way back to uh, Carnegie. He says that the medical industry, that healthcare, is the best business to get into right now. And, that it, and as you guys have seen, it even got better as far as mergers and acquisitions during the last two years. The health crisis and how crazy that's been, the mergers and acquisitions are only ramping up. For those of you that are prepared, for those of you that are a contract nurse, you can go rake it in right now. You know, there's tremendous opportunity right now. But in this article, they're specifically talking about how the, the hospitals having a worst financial year in decades, specifically is what they say here. 
And this is all the more opportunity for those of you that are, are, are ready to jump on the opportunity. The worst financial year in decades for some could be the greatest opportunity for those that are prepared and ready to swoop deals, ready to consolidate and merge together uh, you know, these industries, which is what the whole program is about, which is what you can do right now. Now is the best time to start a business. The best time. I, I'm loving this. Continue to raise interest rates, Jerome Powell, because I know my competitors can't operate at the higher interest rates. They can't. They're going bust. Is it my fault that I saw it coming and prepared? As I continue to say, this is the greatest transfer of wealth in world history, but not everyone makes it through to the other side. Even the biggest hospitals on track for their worst financial years in decades. And then we talk about central banks taking record losses. Now, how is this possible that some uneducated doofus moron, no degree, no nothing, is having his best years? Best years ever. And I remain humble and I continue to thank God. And I know that challenges are coming my way. I know that we're still within the storm. I never for one second sit back, kick up my feet and enjoy the show. I stand up here every night on the edge of my, uh, on the edge of my desk here, ready to get it every single day because we're not through. We're not through to the other side yet. And we change the trajectory of our lives and the wealth of our families, the generations to come for decades by maximizing how we take care of this opportunity. You may be hearing my young one screaming in the background. That's what this is all about every single night. Bring in as much freaking cash as possible so that we can invest in the suppressed assets and be able to take care of the little one, be able to take care of the family, be able to hand something down. Be able to implement and execute on a program that will take us through to the other side. That's what this show is about. We're not having our worst financial year ever. No, we're not even having a down year. How the hell is that possible? We're tapped in. We did our research. We're busting our ass and we will not quit. The only way we stop is if they take us out. God be with us. God bless you all. Cheers, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Sunday night session. Took me a few minutes to turn on the mic. But once we got started, as you can see, we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight on the Sunday night session. We are drinking a little bit of wine. So you guys are experiencing wine Zach. Second glass. Beautiful Syrah. I'm going to have some purple lips by the end of this show. That's all right. You guys already know the deal. Let's continue on. BASF, the world's largest chemical factory, appears to be leaving its main, uh, main plant in Germany. Outsourcing to China is being considered. 39,000 employees in Germany are expected to face unemployment. Massive, massive layoffs underway, not only in the tech sector, not only Elon laying off Twitter, but in these, these industries right here that we, we are going to need. Um, 
you know, and this is in energy, the largest chemical factory right here. And uh, the industries in Europe that are having to force the shutdown because of that energy crisis is unbelievable. Now, let's move it on over to XRP Huey sharing this article with us. And this is the main point of this whole show here. An article from CNN. The Fed may have to blow up the economy to get inflation under control. Finally, the mainstream news taps into what we've been saying for a while now, right? Is that the Fed does not care. They will be sacrificing the middle class and poor. The Fed has to. It's the only way to rein back in inflation. And they don't want hyperinflation yet. Some inflation is good for them. And let me explain this. Inflation is good for the Federal Reserve and the United States government because it allows us to pay back our debt and to pay our unfunded liabilities with cheaper dollars. We can't even cover our liabilities, which is why we're running a deficit every, every single quarter, every single year. You guys are seeing the massive deficit that the United States government continues to run. Record deficits. See, it's interesting. The largest companies, the worst year, financial year in decades. Our own government, worst deficit in decades. That's the program we want to avoid, right? But this is what we're up against right here. They want some inflation, some, because it allows them to print the money and to be able to pay back this debt with cheaper dollars. You, if you own assets, get to take advantage of that as well. Unfortunately, for those that own the assets like real estate, stocks, cryptocurrency, and bonds, what you are seeing is that they are having to raise interest rates to rein back in the economy to kill the asset bubbles that they created to rein back in inflation. Because you have riots on the streets if you get hyperinflation. You have riots in the streets if you don't have a plan to smooth over this rollover to the new financial system. So in my, in my belief, my take right here is that the middle class and poor is going to be the collateral damage. And even you're going to see some of the more well-off people that were having a good time, had a high paying job, will get caught up as well. There's going to be a, a serious recession that we're going to go through here for another three to six months at least right? We have not seen the worst. We have not seen the bottom. But this allows our government to pay off the debt and the liabilities with cheaper dollars. That's why some inflation is good for them. But hyperinflation will lead to riots in the streets. So it's a balancing act. Now, it is being reported here that they're going to continue to raise interest rates. Uh, it looks like here once again, that uh, this week, we're going to have another 75 basis point rate hike. Now, this take right here from Danny Devin on Twitter is exactly where I'm at with the cryptocurrency space too. The crypto bull market isn't coming back because Bitcoin breaks 20,000, 25K or 30K. And when some guy draws a bunch of bullish lines on his chart, the bull market will only be back when the Federal Reserve stops taking money out to turn uh, and stops taking money out or turns their printers back on. And he predicts 2024. Now, we can only go with what the Fed is telling us. And that's the tough part is we can only take the Fed at their word. But Goldman Sachs is now predicting that they're going to be raising interest rates all the way into next year. Uh, 25 basis points at the rate hikes in early uh, beginning of 2020, 2023. Another 75 basis points coming up. 
50, 50 basis points at the next one and then 25 basis points for the next two meetings is what they predict right here. This is from Bill McBride. He's the one that found this for me. Goldman, we are adding another 25 basis point hike to our own forecast, which now calls for hikes of 75 basis points in November. That's coming up this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, 50 basis points in December and 25 basis points in February and 25 basis points in March. And now see the funds rate peaking at 4.75 to 5% for the federal fund rate, okay? That means that our mortgage rates are going to be approaching 10%. That's death for the real estate market. Now, it's the greatest opportunity for those that are prepared, that go, those that got cash on the sidelines, those millennials that have been waiting to buy your first home. Eventually, the prices will have to come down to reflect the market dynamics, i.e. interest rates, mortgage rates being at 10%. Currently, we're on average at about 7% for the 30-year mortgage rate here in the United States. This thing is breaking, and it's going to continue to break. And we predict, in my opinion, the next three to six months, we see a crash panic moment, and we see the bottom achieved, the bottom reached. And then we start to see the pivot, and then we see a restructuring uh, revaluation moment. But nonetheless, I am prepared to ride out chaos and a storm until 2024. Now, moving on into crypto, let's look at the timelines. Let's look at the events as they continue to break down in the cryptocurrency space. As we continue to reiterate the greatest opportunity in all of the investments that we could potentially be making right now, in my opinion, still is crypto other than your own business. I will say that other than your own business, Cryptocurrency continues to be the asset class that I would be looking to invest in the most. Okay, let's continue on. Frank Chow, Senate, wants the SEC to explain why staff are quitting. So this is from Yahoo reporting that the Senate Republicans want the SEC to explain why the staff are quitting. And the situation here right now is you're seeing Democrats, Republicans, both agreeing that Gary Gensler has gone too far and that the SEC needs to be reined in. Continuing on, Jeremy Hogan tapping in why adding why it is so critical that we have so many amicus briefs being filed in the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit right now. Why is it important that numerous amicus briefs have been filed in the Ripple versus SEC case? An amicus brief is called a friend of the court, and historically, ABs have been filed only in appellate and top-level courts where difficult issues are being resolved. As far as I know, the record for number of ABs is 78. Those were filed in an abortion case in the 80s that made its way up to the United States Supreme Court. That being said, is it normal to see numerous amicus briefs in a trial-level case? Definitely not. The judge's liberal allowance of amicus briefs in this trial-level case would seem to suggest that she understands that the issues involved are complicated, novel, and that the ruling will affect a large group of people and or industry. And I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. And what's important here, folks, is that this is going to infect the payment infrastructure, the whole damn financial system for decades to come. You got to realize, you got to comprehend how big this is. This is not just us getting rich and a little pump to $10 after the SEC lawsuit's done. No, this is trillions of dollars coming into the space, getting settled daily, quadrillions settled up per year, times that by 10, that gives you the next decade, times it by the next five decades. What we're looking at is the new financial system for the next 50 to 100 years. Quantum financial system is what we call it because eventually the networks get settled on quantum computers. 
Don't you get it? This isn't a joke. The QFS is not a joke. It's not a game or conspiracy theory. This is real deal, baby. Put it on nodes, put it in nuclear bunkers, all on quantum computers. Instant settlement simultaneously. Put the chip in your brain and think about sending someone some tokens. And it's done. That's where this goes. It's not science fiction. <laughs> and here we are, buying our little bags, taking advantage. God bless you all. So massive what's happening underway and the breakthroughs in the Ripple vs. SEC lawsuit right now. Let's continue on. XLS20 tomorrow. This is from JV, the great sharing a picture of the non-fungible tokens. That is the XLS20 update, NFT update for the XRP ledger. We have met the threshold, 28 of 35 votes. We have 32 yays, three nays, 91% consensus. And as you guys understand, Byzantine consensus protocol is what we're running on here with the XRP ledger. 80% of the validators have to confirm it to upgrade the ledger to confirm the transactions. 80% validation consensus has been reached, has been locked in for two weeks. NFT update tomorrow. Absolutely massive because whether you want to put your pudgy penguins on the XRP ledger or you want to put real estate, you want to put any sort of smart contract you could think of on the XRP ledger, we are here. We are going live. Massive amounts of utility for the retail. For me and you, Joe Blow, building a little bit of utility on the XRP ledger. If I had to pick any distributed ledger to be building my project, building my business around, it would most definitely, I wouldn't even consider anything besides the XRP ledger right now. And as you guys are seeing, this update is going to be so critical for getting a massive, massive amount of utility on the XRP ledger and a, just an incredible amount of XRP locked up. That's what people don't get. There's not 100 billion XRP to use for cross-border payments, for settlement on any one network. When everyone's finger effing the calculations, trying to figure out how rich we're going to get. There's not 100 billion XRP. There's not 50 billion XRP. There's potentially tens of billions of XRP max to settle up on any one given network, to settle up on these payment flows. Hundreds of millions and billions is going to be locked up within these utilities. NFTs all coming. Tomorrow is the day, finally. What an absolute joke Ethereum NFTs and smart contracts and the whole Ethereum network has been. But specifically, as you guys know, little perk of being in my Discord group is a couple months ago, we got the group some free NFTs in collaboration with my friends, um, uh, Crypto Keeper and Blockchain Crusader. They were doing an NFT drop. They said, hey, Zach, we want to hook you up. We want you to, you know, uh, share this with your community. I said, okay, got to be, we got to get some free NFTs for the group. They hooked it up. Okay, free NFT mint. We all had to pay $50 plus in gas fees just to get the free NFTs that we were gifted. <laughs> and it took 15 minutes for my Ethereum transaction to go through. Absolute joke. And I had to buy Ethereum for a second time so that I could get my NFTs minted. Like, what the hell am I doing? I'm here on MetaMask just playing around and it's an absolute joke. What are we doing? We're done playing around. NFT update for the XRP Ledger tomorrow and it's going to be absolutely massive. I see John Ferguson. I see Whiskey Johnny in the chat. He says, get your medals right now with the fire emojis. Johnny, you already know what's up, man. 
the, the, the silver breakout that we're about to see is going to be absolutely massive. We're starting to see the hints. We're starting to see the sneak preview. $11 over spot, $10 over spot. Going to be massive. Let's continue on. Couple more to go. How big is this going to get? Well, let's take a look here. Arthur Brito. The XRP ledger needs to be able to scale to serve 7.5 billion people and even more devices. This is so much bigger than bringing on the unbanked. This is tapping in every single system, everything of value, everything running on distributed ledger te technology and tapped into the internet. The internet of things. And yes, Arthur. Br this is from Arthur Brito. Arthur Brito, one of the original creators of the XRP ledger. The man that we never see, always in the shadows. You can only find like one picture of this guy on the whole internet. How is that possible? Just another, an, another part of this XRP story that makes it that much more fascinating. But what the hell does he say about XRP? The XRP ledger needs to be able to scale to serve 7.5 billion people and even more devices. This tells you that back in 2012, when the XRP ledger was created, they were getting this party rolling. They had the whole internet of value in mind. They, they had the whole world in mind. This was never meant to be some small operation. There's a reason why he's in hiding, I believe. He's nowhere to be mentioned in the XRP uh, ripple versus SEC lawsuit, just like Jed McCaleb. And he's even less seen than Jed McCaleb. How is that possible? Jed, the little fed boy, the little loosest trust guy. How is that possible to be more hidden than Jed McCaleb? He only comes on the, the, the primetime networks like once a year. This is going to be absolutely massive. People cannot even comprehend Thomas conservative 10 spot. ETH is a joke. XRP will be used for everything. XRP is on the table. And just like SBI Holdings CEO says, Yoshitake Katao, every bank in Japan will be using XRP by 2025. And that's what Tony Valentino says as well, early XRP insider, is that everyone's going to be using XRP on the back end. The regular retail transaction, your PayPal transaction, whatever, you know, uh, Elon's going to implement payments into Twitter. You might not be using XRP in your retail transaction when you when you uh, have your wallet integrated to your Twitter and you can send send me a super chat on Twitter. Right. But XRP is meant to be used on the back end of everything. Everyone. So true. So true. People can't even comprehend how big this is going to be. Now, a couple more interesting dates, interesting things to look out for. Here we go. We're excited to have Rosie Rios as our closing keynote speaker as chair of America 250, the nation's uh, semi-quincentennial celebration of its founding. She'll discuss this important historical event and share how educators can get involved. This is Rosie Rios speaking right here. The final closing keynote speaker at this event. This is going to be taking place on December 2nd through the fourth, we will definitely be looking out for that one. Now, continuing on, Anders. Swift is now confirming March 20th, 2023 will be definitive ISO 222 start of migration. I see a little super chat there from Crafty Irene, and that's a 1999. Appreciate you, Irene. Thank you so much. 
Swift says, at the same time, it is clear from our community feedback that there is strong momentum across the industry to implement and gain value from ISO 222 rich data. So the revised start date of the 20th of March, 2023 will be definitive. Financial institutions are therefore encouraged to continue preparation for the 20th of March start date and consider all potential scenarios in their planning to ensure readiness for the start of the ISO 222 coexistence from that date. If I see another ISO video of this or that date, I think I'm going to lose it, folks. Let's be very clear. This is the only thing you need to understand. I'm going to, I'm going to post this clip later. Let's simplify the ISO 222 situation for everyone that's trying to get rich off of ISO coins. ISO is being stalled out for swift rollover implementation until March. Okay, the, the, that, that's sad. We're not going to get rich till next year. Please don't be that stupid. Please go back and check when we were reporting this summer that back in August, SWIFT member banks had the opportunity to opt in to ISO 222 standard messaging back in August. They could opt in. So this is just another distraction, another lie, another way to, dis, uh, to, to, to misinform the public, to, to keep them distracted. And here we are in the community debating what date we're going to go live. Okay, the haters say uh, we're not going to get rich till next year. Okay, we don't care because we're patient, right? But everyone's coming out with a new date, the new story around ISO. Guys, stop it, please. Swift already opted in this year. Swift member banks uh, in August. Okay, we know that and we understand that. This is so much further than that, though. Bank of England, the, the, the first, the big, one of the biggest central banks in the world, piloted and worked with Ripple back in 2018. So what the hell are we talking about? trying to figure out when ISO goes live. That's all a freaking distraction. When the largest central banks in the world already ran the trials, already ran the proof of concepts, already partnered with Ripple, specifically piloting XRP in the Ripple network back in 2018. And we're trying to figure out and play around with the ISO dates right now. What are we doing? Stay focused. How big is your freaking bag is all that matters. And if we, by the grace of God, get another three to six months here to stack these utility cryptos, these ISO coins. Thank you, God. We take advantage. But holy smokes, folks. Now I know why it's happening. Everyone wants views. Everyone wants to get clicks. Everyone knows the ISO is the hot topic. Everyone knows the ISO coins. It's very easy. Hey, hey, Zach, what should I invest in? The standard answer would be ISO coins. Our strategies go so much further than that. So much further than that. And what we found with the ISO coins is that ISO has been hyped. ISO has been a way to misdirect the people that are tapped in and understand that the new financial system is going to be rolling out with only a few major utility cryptocurrencies running it. They already ran the test five years ago and we're debating what the rollout date is. Guys, by 2025, it's done by everything that we've seen, by all white papers, by all agendas, by everything, by, by election cycles, by de demographic cycles, by 90 year bottom of the market cycles, all of our analysis tells us to just be freaking patient and ask yourself, how do I get my bag bigger?
How do I take advantage of another three to six months before they roll over? Oh, they wait another year. Oh, the SEC lawsuit goes another year. How big can you get your bag? I know how big I've grown my bag during this time, during the last year, where I was at with my little peasant bag. And I know where it's at now. Thank you, God. Massive 10 spot from Whiskey Johnny. Expect the inflation to double when the cash floods home. Prepare food, cash, silver, XRP. You already know, Johnny. We are so ready to take advantage of this opportunity, guys. Thank you so much for being tuned in. If you guys haven't already, please smash that thumbs up for me. And what do you guys say tonight? I don't have something cold, but I do have something smooth. We are drinking a little bit of Syrah. God bless you all. A little adult beverage. We are here, and it is 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. We've been doing it now for nearly an hour. I got another 17 minutes or so for a rapid-fire Q&A session. And I appreciate everyone so much in this community for helping me spread this message, helping other people prepare, your family, your friends. You got to share this content. Don't be selfish. Share this content, okay? Appreciate all of you guys very much. What are we working with tonight? TikTok, YouTube, God bless you. Cheers. Dex, 10 spot, the Ethereum, EVM, Ethereum sidechain. Oh boy, it's going to be massive, Dex, because we bring all of Ethereum, the ERC20 tokens on to real utility, real settlement in three to five seconds with no gas fees. Everything on Ethereum can now be settled on that XRP ledger because for those of you who don't know, Dex is reminding us about the Ethereum sidechain that, XRP, uh, that Ripple created for the XRP ledger. They made the XRP ledger compatible with the Ethereum virtual machine, which brings every single ERC20 token within to the XRP ledger. You can settle on the XRP ledger and actually get your transaction done in a reasonable amount of time at nearly no cost. That's kind of nice compared to the 15, 20 minutes or longer for your Ethereum transaction to go through with, you know, $50 gas fees or, or more. So... Let's run through this. Ripple Swell Conference next month. Uh, let's start out the month, right, with XRP NFT update happening. So massive. So mad. So awesome. The Pudgy Penguins will be coming on, but then everything else, every other smart contract you can think of is going to be coming to this ledger. So we get the NFT update for the XRP ledger. We get Ripple creating the Ethereum sidechain for the XRP ledger. We also see other multi-chain solutions coming to the XRP ledger so that you can basically, whatever crappy, not as good network you're settling on, you can bring into the XRP ledger and it brings you that um, interoperability. So critical, so critical. And uh, then we get Ripple Swell Conference on the 16th and the 17th. We're expecting a major announcement to be happening there major announcement, massive speakers, massive keynote speakers. I'm interested to see who's in attendance. I wish I could make it over there, uh, London, UK. I wish that, you know, Ripple gave your boy an invite because it'd be fun to see who's in that crowd. I'd love to be, uh, you know, having, having a glass of wine with some, some of the folks sitting at those tables. Going to be truly fascinating to cover that event. But, but let's break this down, guys. Okay, so this week... 
we have the Fed FOMC meeting taking place on the 1st and the 2nd. That's Tuesday and Wednesday. Fed Chair Jerome Powell is going to be speaking on Wednesday, 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. That's 11.30 Pacific Standard Time. We listen to Fed Chair Jerome Powell speak. We are expecting, as we've seen recently, for the markets to get a little Fed pump, a little FOMC pump. Jerome Powell speaking, markets going up before that, and then within 24 hours, we roll over to the downside. So what am I doing right now? I already told you, I'm in a Bitcoin short. It's down 30%. That's why nothing here is financial advice. I'm not giving trades. I'm not giving signals. I'm down 30% on my trade. Don't care. Right now, I've lined up more money on the sidelines so that if we do break through 21K, we want to even approach 22K, 23K. I don't care. I will be buying in another uh, a, a better entry on my Bitcoin short because I know it's going to be short-lived. We are going to have it this week. One final run. One final pump around the Federal Reserve meeting. Then we come back down to reality. Then we come back down to the downside. Oh, and by the way, we're rolling in to a full moon lunar eclipse on the midterm elections of the United States. Mr. Lucky, thank you for the two-spot super chat. Liquidity hub announcement at Swell. It's going to be massive announcements at Swell. But think about that. You know how these evil entities operate, these... Those that worship the evil, that worship the moon, that do the dance, that do the rituals, that do the sacrifice. Not me. (laughs) Please, God, keep me away from these people and these demons. They're sick people. But those that do that deal, that do that dance. I don't think that they're just going to be having dinner around the table that night. You know what I'm saying? Now, not to say that an event's going to absolutely be playing out on that date. But what an incredible window of opportunity. Full moon, lunar eclipse, midterm elections. Elon, the Musk, takes over Twitter before our elections. TikTok, you guys can see at the bottom of the screen. Learn more about U.S. midterm elections. In every single live that I've done over the last week, TikTok is giving us the midterm elections. And to TikTok, to YouTube, I say, all we talk about on this channel is having a nice free and fair election on uh, within America. That's all we talk about, right? But you will see a little disclaimer, you know? But we just find it fascinating. We, we, we do get a little bit of entertainment. What an amazing series of events. Elon, the Musk, taking over Twitter one week, uh, about a week and a half before a U.S. midterm election that's going to be so critical. So critical. Uh, such a massive change that's about to happen a sweep that's about to occur. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.